nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. I know I said on Thursday in the mailbag with Lucas over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid that we'd see you guys after the Sevilla game, but of course, I neglected the fact that there's a Friday in between, which means we have our scattering report guru on Jose Perez to help us preview the Sevilla game. Also, uh, if you're not a part of it yet, you missed a ton of great content yesterday over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. So make sure you get in on that action. Lucas and I, we spent uh, over an hour uh, answering questions from Real Madrid fans, and, and a, lot of the, a lot of the discussion was really fun. Some great questions came in. So... Uh, make sure you go over that and and subscribe to that. Also on the website, I'll point to a couple feature articles in addition to the daily news that we have on the site. I wrote an article about Antonio Rudiger's defending and ability on the ball. And there are some video clips in there for you guys to also see in the analysis. And if you missed it, it's still pinned on the website. Go check it out before we unpin it. But Karim Benzema's 2022 Ballon d'Or, Lucas Navarrete wrote a big feature, which you should all go and check out. It's awesome. So with that out of the way, we have Jose here. And I think it's been, what, a couple of weeks, Jose, since you've been on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a bit of a hectic travel schedule. Even, even uh, next week, it's going to be a bit of a hectic travel schedule. But yeah, all in all, I'm always happy to be here. Talk about the incoming opponent. This one in particular, it's going to be a bit of a chaotic game, I would say. Right now, Sevilla is in a bit of a chaos, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Interesting is the right word. I, I don't know how else to put it. So mm -hmm. just to go over th some Sevilla stuff before you take over here and, and do a deep dive on them. Obviously, a, a season of turmoil. They're currently in 10th. Uh, eight points off of a European spot, 18 points off of leaders Real Madrid. They are currently second worst in La Liga in expected goals against, second only to the defensive black hole that is last place Elche. They obviously have fired Lopetegui, who has been martyred in all of this, and I'm not sure any of this is his fault, or at least not all of it, that's for sure, and had received a ton of support from Sevilla fans before his ultimate sacking. Now Jorge Sampaoli is back. And we're here to discuss it all. So, Jose, where do we start yes. with this one? Where do you want to start? Ooh, I think so. The best place to start when it comes to tackling the subject of Sevilla is just what happened or didn't happen over the summer, which is uh, even though Lopetegui had done a really good job over three years at Sevilla, by the end of last season, there was a feeling that there was a feeling of burnout and that the cycle was coming to an end. The only thing is that sack, like sacking Lopetegui was kind of an extensive endeavor, so it was like a solid uh, uh, canceling the contract was like a solid ten million or something around around those lines. And Sevilla, of course, was not willing to do that, but 
frankly, it's the kind of decision that might end up turning out to be more expensive later on. Sacking the coach in the middle of the season might turn out to be the more expensive mistake. Um, but perhaps the more important thing is just the issues in Sevilla recruitment over the last few years. Uh, of course, it shows a lot. It showed a lot this summer with the non-recruitment of center back were of the same quality as the ones that le that left and not uh the fact that they didn't hire uh another another six to replace an aging fernando who is now who who can't play most of the time due to injuries uh in general sevilla has struggled to find talent in the way they did in previous years and i think they've also uh I think at some point, like two, three years ago, their bets on young players kind of failed. So Monchi started doing bets on more established players like Papu Gomez, like Isco, like Lamela, like Rakitic. And the problem with these kinds of players is that they come in with pretty expensive salaries, but then they have no resale, va no resale value. And Simbis was kind of stuck in this issue where the only players they can really sell for money were their two center backs. And then from the rest of the squad, it's hard for them to sell more and to make money out of that to buy new players. So they were in a situation where they could barely reinforce the squad. And that's where they're at now. Uh, Sampaoli has come in, has given the team a bit more energy than what they had before. They look a bit more aggressive, a bit more intense than what they were doing at the end of Lopetegui's era. Uh, but there are still, of course, a lot of deficits in the team, with the biggest deficit really being defense. And it's and this is made kind of worse by the fact that to stabilize defense a bit, uh, Sampaoli has decided to switch to a back three, and Sevilla doesn't have enough center backs to go into a back three. So almost always they need to play with a fullback in in one of the center back roles it can be acuña sometimes from the left side or it can be montiel uh who's usually a right back on as right center back so and even now it's still let's just say that defense still looks shaky even with three center backs and i think defensively the best player has been by far yasin bono who well he saved the penalty last week versus Valencia, and I think he's the standout defensively. And when your keeper stands out that much, it means that there are defensive problems elsewhere. The the exodus in central defense for them this summer obviously was less than ideal. But if there's any team that I would expect to be able to scout and replace with names that you know I've never heard about, and groom them again. It's if I, if there's any team that I expect can do that, it's Sevilla. I mean, like, it's shocking the amount of key players they they lose every season, especially when Monchi is there, and they just groom and and then sell at a massive profit, and then just do it again and, and continue to be relevant year by year. This is the first time I think they've failed to do that under Monchi that I can remember. So, uh, so that so that's that. Obviously, they have defensive issues as you outlined. What is, we can talk about the, the drop-off in personnel and defense and, other, and otherwise, but when you watch Sevilla play, Jose, what, is, what are their tactical issues? What would you say, like, what is actually happening there? Because I still didn't expect them to be this bad. A bit of every, honestly, a bit of everything, because uh, the thing is that before, uh, when Sevilla had, like, 
essentially world class world class center pair there there's a lot of things that that enables for example you can press more aggressively um you can press more aggressively you can defend against counterattacks better and because guys like Kunde were really good on the ball that also makes your possession game better uh Sevilla has lost a lot of these things it means that <clears throat> they not press and hold a high line the way they were they did before so that's a problem for their possession play um at this point i would say that i find no face of play where sevilla is good at they don't defend well they don't defend counterattacks well they don't their possession game is still rather flat because they don't they lack firepower up front uh, so it's really every face of the game at this point. These days, San Paoli's trying to play with kind of a 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, uh, he still runs into several of the issues that L- Lopetegui ran into. So apart from the defensive issues that, we met, that we've mentioned, their possession play definitely took a hit uh, because of the whole situation with centre-backs, with the fact that the team has to defend deeper. And they keep running into the issue in, in issues of lacking firepower up front because the guys that are supposed to be their strikers, Engnesidi and Rafa Mir, are not in good form. They're sometimes injured. Uh, <clears throat> these days, Sampao is trying to big brain uh, formations without a striker. So I think there's, there's actually a, a fairly good chance that instead of a traditional striker, you might get Ed Lamela playing as the nine. Uh, against Real Madrid. I, st- I still think there's a good chance of that. So, uh, and, and, But you notice that lack of a striker, that lack of a goal scorer when Sevilla plays. They, it takes them... They are not efficient at all. Uh, so they're not efficient defending their own box and they're not efficient at attacking the opponent's box. So <laughs> it takes them a while. Sounds like score. a terrible place to be. So, you can't defend or attack. Exactly. So it's... It's complicated. At this point, the two players... So, Sevilla has really been through, like, a depressing period, and most of their players are looking really out of form. They're not at their best. The only players who, when you watch Sevilla games, look like they're in form and they're trying to carry the team. Uh, Oliver Torres is starting uh, is starting consistently uh, with Tampaoli. He's been given... Sometimes a free role in midfield. Sometimes he play as kind of a left winger when the ends up playing like midfielder. Uh, and he's he's always been a a pretty creative, albeit kind of inconsistent player. Uh, and, and, but at least in the last few games with Sampaoli, he's been good. He's been creative. He's been one of the guys who helps Sevilla get the ball forward and get it into dangerous positions. So, like, if there's Sevilla players to watch out for, Torres is one who could be problematic. And the other one, Amela, uh, he, um, Sampaoli has been doing a lot of rotations in his forward line to the point that in the last four games, each game has had a different striker. So, one time Rafa Mir, another time Lamela, another time in the city. So, there's always been a rotation. But... Out of the forwards, the one that's looking most in form is definitely Lamela. He had a big uh, against Valencia last week. Uh, he came in. He had a big impact in the game. Scored the winning goal. And I'm that time against Valencia, he didn't start. I am fairly certain that he and Oliver Torres will start against Real Madrid. 
uh, Oliver Torres, who I believe is number one in La Liga in goals per shot. So small sample size, whatever. Uh, yeah. But I guess the point is like, no matter how bad they are, maybe they have some offensive weapons to hurt you, especially if you get an Nasiri on the end of a set piece. Real Madrid set piece defending hasn't been great. Um, also, can you talk about Isco? I mean, obviously, Real Madrid fans might be interested to know how he's doing at Sevilla. It seems like he's had some good moments, some not so great moments. What is your Isco analysis of the season? Has had some moments, but it's still not enough to carry Sevilla out of their hole. And then, of course, I think that uh, there are still kind of defensive trade-offs about playing Isco. So I think both Lopetegui and now Sampaoli, they can get an advantage from Isco's creativity, but it hasn't been consistent and like he's still one of the better shot creators in the team like if you look at who are the most consistent uh, players who create chances and shots for others it's Lamela it's Isco it's Papu Gomez Um, but despite that I think Sampaoli for example I think he does look for someone with a bit more defensive work rate and if I ha- right now, it's really difficult to predict a Sampaoli the 11 because he's been burying them a lot every game. But I am, I'd be willing to make the bet that Oliver and Lamela are going to start because they are also the ones who have more defensive work rate. Uh, and because Oliver Torres often starts kind of in the left wing slash left midfielder role that Isco often starts, I have a feeling that. It's going to be Torres who starts and not Isco. So all in all, Isco is still doing a lot of Isco things, but not consistently enough to merit building the team around him. But there is, yeah, that's that's kind of how I would summarize it for now. What do you expect in terms of what their block looks like? Um, are they going to play a little bit deeper than normal i know you know i i haven't seen much of them under sampaoli i saw a bit of them under lopetegui and i was quite frankly just appalled by what i saw and again i don't think it was necessarily lopetegui's fault again you lose your your starting center backs you um you don't replace them and then there was just i guess a lot of um just a lot of issues again like as you said it was they they were creating some things, but not really efficient in taking their chances. They had a lot of defensive holes. Their defensive transition was terrible. To limit that, it's it to limit the damage that you would... And it remains to be seen that Benzema will start tomorrow because there was a little bit of a niggle. He's in the squad. He may start come off early or vice versa. He may come in for like the last 30 minutes or so. But even if it's like Rodrigo, Vinicius, Fede Valverde, it's a devastating offensive three still from based on what we've seen. So it seems like to minimize the damage that they would do to you, you might you might go a bit deeper block. So I guess where what where do you expect them to line up in that sense um, defensively? That is something I've been thinking about. And um, I think the story is that this Sevilla team cannot press as aggressively or consistently as it was yeah. doing under Lopetegui or as it was doing in the era when they had elite center backs. Uh, these days, what I'm noticing, at least with the last few games with Sampaoli, um, they do attempt to press, but not that consistently. So where whereas before 
in previous years, Sevilla <clears throat> was one of the most aggressive pressing teams in La Liga. Now it's something not a deep block, but it's more it's more of a mid block approach. So they are going to look at their moments when to press. Like many modern teams, it's whenever Real Madrid is playing out from goal kicks or whenever they pass the ball back to the keeper, they are very likely going to go out to press. But then they're going to be more careful about choosing their moments. So, and I do expect uh, Sampaoli is not. I wouldn't say he's a pragmatic manager. So. Uh, but I do think that even if I don't regard him as a pragmatic manager, he will still likely defend a bit deeper than usual. Uh, I have to admit that also when you have back threes, uh, it's not always the case. It depends on how aggressive you are with your wing backs, but it can sometimes be harder to press with that back three compared to say a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2. Atletico has had this problem for a while where with the back three, they don't press as well, but when they switch to a back four, they press better. I think that's another reason why I think this Sevilla, compared to Lopetegui's, natural, the back three, I think, is also a reason why they naturally defend deeper. So I do expect kind of a more conservative Sevilla. That being said, pressing or conservative, their defending of the box is still quite soft. Uh, so for tomorrow... Uh, Tanguinianso, who is one of their young center backs who's trying to uh who's trying to replace the ones who left. So he is injured. So he's not gonna play. And I mean they're not they don't exactly have too many center backs left. So the question will be kind of who will be the third center back? Because uh I am all I'm quite confident that the center backs uh so Marcao, who is one of the new signings, he had some he had some physical issues, but I Given the lack of center backs, he will likely play. Montiel, uh, Gonzalo Montiel, who is usually a right back, will likely play center back this time around. The third center back, we'll have to see. Because Marcos Acuña also had some physical issues and it wasn't clear that he was able to start. So I'm not sure who will be the third center back in this case. You could move Nemanja Gudelj, who's usually the six. You could move him into center back, but then you need a sit. But then they don't have any other six in midfield. So I'm not sure what the decision will be there. They're gonna have it's. They're he's kind of in a tough spot there. So well, uh, apart from that, mm -hmm. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, no just. I was just wondering that, like, kind of what the lineup will be, because if, because, uh, like, the more natural choice for center back would be Gudelsch, but they don't have any other six, so it's like, what do you play there? And you kind of need a proper six against Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, and that's I was just gonna basically ask the same questions that you were going to, like, could you put like I what Lopetegui did at times is he put Gudeli. I don't know if it's Gudel, Gudeli. I I've heard commentators I say no Gudeli, so I don't. I don't. I but, no idea. He's what Lopetegui did often with him was like he'd play center back and then there would be a double pivot of Jean Jordan and um Yeah. Rakitic. Uh, not Rakitic, uh the other one. Uh this is gonna drive me nuts. I gotta Rakitic, look at Sevilla's Torres. squad. Who was the um, other one? It was a double pivot of <laughs> I'll be reminded as soon as I look at Sevilla's squad in a second here, but um Oh man, this is gonna drive me nuts. I should know this. <laughs> Anyways, but if he does like a, a double pivot of uh, Jean Jordan and whoever and then put puts Gudeli back in center back, 
that's something that that I don't know. And again, I don't know what San Paoli will see necessarily, but I think where where that definitely be trying to take advantage of Sevilla is obviously their defensive line. And you know, absolutely. The, I was thinking of Fernando. Was the other? Oh, guy. yeah, yes, Fernando. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot that he sometimes did play Gudelia and Fernando at the same time because usually yeah. it was just one of them. But in that case, they can play both. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the situation. Just so, just to give the listeners like a bit of an idea, expect kind of three four three. Then uh, Yasin Bone is going to be the keeper. He might be actually one of the more problematic squad members in Sevilla because if he might, he, he there's a good chance he's going to have a good day tomorrow. So it might take a while uh, to get some uh, to get something past him. Then the center back trio. Gonzalo Montiel almost surely, usually right back, will start as right center back. Uh, Marcao will start. Then the third center back, we'll see who is it, who is it that will start. Then the wing backs, given that situation, uh, Alex Teyes is surely going to start at left wing back. The other uh, On the other side, you could have either... you. The most likely scenario is still Jesus Navas. Uh, Jose Angel Carmona has been... A young right right back that's been playing, getting some minutes, but the more likely scenario is probably still Navas. Then I still expect a double pivot of likely Gudels and uh, Rakitic, simply because from experience, like last against Valencia, it was almost Isco in a double pivot, but that's not going to work against Real Madrid. So I think the more likely scenario is Gudels and, and Rakitic, and then up front. Uh, I would expect something like Oliver Torres, Lamela, and the third name is also kind of a question mark. It could be, I think the most likely option is Papu Gomez. So you could have something like Oliver Torres, Lamela, and Papu Gomez up front. But maybe Sampaoli decides that this time he wants to play with a striker. But right now it's not even clear whether Enesiri or Rafa Mir are going to start. He hasn't shown any preference towards starting them, so... Yeah, there's still a lot of doubts about what 11 Sampaoli is going to throw out tomorrow. You know what's weird is that I, you're listing off all these names and you, you're listing off a lot of good players. This team is talent. Like, it has talent. Like, it's... it's, it's I, I don't know, like, what's going on. Obviously, the, the obvious stuff is their center-back issue. But, you know, every, like, you just listed off Papa Gomez, Rafa Mir, Isco, Oliver Torres... Um, the players like Gudeli and like we're talking about Alex Teyes, who's a talented player, Fernando, like and Nesiri. There's a lot of good players in this team. Like you just feel like you hope, just for their sake, that they can get it together to some at to some degree and make a push for a European spot because it's a talented team. Um, yeah. In our remaining minutes, do you want to go over key matchups? For key matchups, uh, that'll be. That'll be an interesting one. So in general, the Sevilla defense is bad in all phases. They're bad at defending the box. They're bad at transitions. So there's a lot of ways to hurt them. I think a big one, though, is going to be another duel of Montiel versus Vinicius. This time, Montiel playing more the right center back, uh, the right center back position. But due to the way Sevilla defend, it's gonna we're going to end up with that Vinicius versus Montiel duel quite frequently. So... That's good. That's one of the biggest ones uh, to watch out. 
in and and on the other side yeah we'll have to see what Fe, what Fede and Rodrigo can do on the other side against Tejas so it's going to be i think the wi- the wings are going to be pretty important in this one uh now what's interesting is that i think Sevilla because of how they defend it could be a bit easier for how do i put it because of their structure they can leave more gaps in the middle. So this is different than, for example, a 3-5-2 stru- structure tends to pack in a lot of players in the middle. And then it's hard to do combinations in the middle. But I think this Sevilla structure might leave more gaps in the middle. And right now, Real Madrid is doing pretty well with those combinations, especially if uh, Ancelotti, well, he was an interview saying that there weren't going to be much rotation. So it would be fun if he tried again, like the whole combo of like Vinicius, Rodrigo, Fede, and trying to keep doing the whole passing combinations thing through the middle, because I do think it's something that can hurt Sevilla a, a lot. Uh, if that doesn't work out, still Sevilla would be is also rather weak in transition. In transition, so I think there are several ways to hurt them. Then on the other side of the pitch for. The matchups from Sevilla's attack versus Real Madrid's defense. Uh, it's going to be mostly looking at... Uh, the main thing to take care of is that Sevilla has a lot of players like Oliver Torres, Cisco, Papu, uh, and Lamela who like to operate in between lines and, bet- and behind your defensive line. And we know that with Real Madrid, one of the most common issues when, say, pressing or defending is that it's not that difficult for opponents to find the back of Real Madrid's defensive line. So it's being careful about not, uh, maybe not leaving gaps, but just being ready to plug to plug those gaps when they appear, which again, because Real Madrid has so many players that are great at defending open spaces, uh, they, have, they have the means to do it. But that thread in between lines is mostly what uh, Real Madrid would need to look out for from those players. Then the problem is that Sevilla often doesn't have the fire. Like even if Sevilla creates something good out of that, they usually don't have the firepower to capitalize on it. Definitely. A lot of great points there. And I certainly would be keen on seeing more of those beautiful passing combinations that we saw against Elche resurface again against Sevilla and many times this season. Jose, thanks for your time. Your analysis is on point as always and much appreciated. Your work is awesome. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, And for our listeners, we'll be back tomorrow night after the game. So keep an eye out for that. Jose, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And yeah, looking forward to the game. This one, it's not the usual Sevilla, so it's going to have a lot of goals, I think.